Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. The Warriors, they got the job done, even after going down 6-0. Uh, gutsy defensive effort uh, in the final 15 minutes. It, it, what a win for the Warriors. Now, I just don't think it's getting enough appreciation. You take into consideration everything they've been through the last two years. You could erase that. You could pretend like that didn't happen. This is a club that had a complete clean-out and a new rookie coach that has never coached before. And so obviously the story of the weekend is going to be the Dolphins. But I'd argue this is one of the stories of the weekend. I would argue that if this was a Queensland team or a New South Wales team that did this, there'd be headlines everywhere about this new coach that came in and got a win with a side that, you know, and it's no disrespect for the Warriors, but on paper it's not like, it's not a crazy side that you're going, oh, yeah, they should kill it. You know, and this is no, they play different people, it's different situations. But like Seraldo with a roster and some of the best recruitment going unfortunately got beaten by a red hot manly side but webster with a you know on paper not as good roster got the job done in round one like it's put it this way if seraldo had have won round one headlines everywhere yeah. would have been like incredible and i think i understand the knights aren't as good as manly but i think that the warriors deserve a massive rap for this win new coach new fullback new 5-8 new front row forward two new edges crazy make it work it's crazy. And also, the way they played. Look at the score. 20 to 12. It's not 34-30. 34-24. 20 to 12. They kept the Knights to 12 or below. Like, and, and they win with that new set off and the headlines. Headline from the match is, KP wasn't concussed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. Like poor, that's poor Warriors. Yeah, that's not the headline. The yeah. headline isn't about KP and the concussion. The headline is, Warriors with a complete rebuild side, wins round one. And they were down 6-0 after a minute. Yeah. Like, Chance, you know, dropped that ball initially, bounces back and plays fantastic at fullback. We're talking about a fullback that couldn't even make the Raiders side. Actually, we don't talk about fullbacks <laughs> around the Raiders, do we? Sorry, my bad, my bad. 
Um, What's a fullback? Yeah, what is a fullback? You guys <laughs> hate signing them. Yeah, we'll have Jaden Campbell mid-season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's incredible from the Warriors, and I think Webster deserves a massive rap. I think he's been flying under the radar. Do I think they're going to win a comp? No. Do I think that if you would say, what's the best result in the first the, – what's the first step towards creating a new club? It's getting a win on round one. You know what I mean? Like, what else could you ask for of a new coach with a new roster? Yeah, mate, I think they did really well to win this one. You know, if you told me the Warriors are down 6-0 after – a minute or so, I get very, very nervous that they're going to hang in that game, realistically. Uh, mate, I thought Tohu Harris. You have a look through the history of this club, like your Kevin Campions, your Ruben Wickies, your Simon Mannerings, they've always got this guy that just embodies what the Warriors are, and that's Tohu Harris at the moment. He, he was incredible. 50 tackles, played the entire game. He's a freak. He, again, if he was in a New South Wales or Queensland side, would be getting... <coughs> Like, even a Victorian side. When he was in a Victorian side, yeah. he was getting wrapped galore. He was the, he was the man. Yeah. Goes over the Warriors, and it's like out of sight, out of mind. Like, people don't appreciate this bloke. Didn't he have his ACL done yep. two years ago? Yep. Comes back, like, and he does it every week. He was Dally M back rower only two years ago. Incredible. We sat there back end of last year, back end of the season, and, and quite a regular topic was because of what Cam Murray was doing, Isaiah Yeo were doing, the best ball-playing locks in the NRL. And, and we were having these debates about, you know, tiering them and ranking them. And it was them too, and we were sort of – we spoke a lot about how far Jason Taumolo's ball-playing had come along as a lock. And, again, probably just being out of the spotlight in New Zealand, Tohu Harris's ball-playing – how underrated is it? Like, it's outstanding. He set up a try or a line break with a beautiful little short ball on the weekend. I think it was to Mitch Barnett. Mm. But time and time again, his ball playing's outstanding. Now, it's not on a Yo or Murray level, but he's also a bigger body than them boys. Like, mm. he's at times a front, front roller. Mm. Uh, so good. He's so good. And we're guilty of it too. Yep. Like, Absolutely. Whenever we talk about 13s, we never bring up Tohu Harris. He was a Dally M back rower literally two years ago. And, like, I think he takes... <sighs> I don't know how to word it. Some of the shittier hit-ups of all the 13s in the Oh, game. The hit-ups 100%. you want nothing to do with. Like what front Blake Gordon used to do. Yeah, you just... And he could quite easily grab his front row and go, up yeah. you go, yours. Mm. But no, he just takes it himself. He just does it all. Yeah. Toe Harris, he's, he's honestly one of the most underappreciated players mm. in the competition, bar none. Like... Every week, ripping and tearing, doing everything he can for his team to win. The turmoil the club's been, some self-inflicted, some not self-inflicted. It's just amazing. And I think that for them to go out, and it's just to win 20 to 12, again, if it had been like 34 to 30, you don't want to see those kind of stores because you're like, oh, man, the defence like was just disgusting this game. On, on top of it, 15 games last year, 15 the year before, 20 the year before, which was the 20-round season, 13 the season before that, like... To come out at 31 years old and play 80 minutes as a middle, like he's had his fair share of injuries oh, and mate. big injuries. Yeah. Like yep. It's just even more remarkable. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, who else stood out for you in the Warriors side? Um, and I want to give my boy a little rap, Jackson Ford. I thought he was really good for the Warriors in this game. Um, you know, we, we sort of spoke from a super coach point of view where we thought the minutes would go. And, you know, I think I think we all nearly assumed that Nia Corre yeah. would probably be the 80-minute guy and not Ford. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went in with this game with the plan for Nia Corre to be the 80-minute guy, but Ford was so impressive that they went, oh, we're just going to leave him there. To think, like, if you think about it over the last few years, you know, if you said to me who's, who's been the best back rower at the Warriors last year, I would say Josh Curran without a doubt. He played 19 minutes in this game. It's, it's honestly so – I mean, it sucks for Josh Curran, 
but it shows you like what they're managing to do at the Warriors. This is as much as it does suck for Josh Curran. This is where you want your football team to be. Yeah, you want your best performers over the last few years struggling to make this side because other guys are just jumping out of the ground. Mm. Um, I thought Wade Egan was really good too, mate. Mm. Uh, it's one of Wade Egan's best games. Yeah, and like Wade Egan's been someone for me where he's he's definitely NRL standard, and I think you're in the same boat. You, you're just waiting for him to take that little next step because you can see it in periods of his game. We go, okay, there it is. And hopefully this year's the year. When he was coming through at the Panthers, he looked like a weapon. Yeah. He looked unbelievable. And then he sort of had he's, – he's had – I don't know if it's fair to say he's had a lull the last few years, but he probably hasn't kicked onto the point that I, I thought he was Just that next of. little step, I Just reckon. Just that one step Because you know yes. you have it in him. Yeah. Like, it's not like, you know – and you look at a guy like Croker, who actually has looks like he's about to take that next step because he was outstanding on the weekend. But, like, last year you could look at a Croker and you'd go – you don't even even ask that next step of him. You go, mate, just make your tackles, good service. That's all we need from you. And again, I take that all back because he was incredible on the weekend. But Wade Egan's is a guy where you go, he has the next step in him. You can see it in patches. Um, and it's, yeah, I agree, mate. I agree. I think it's probably something we, we like. We talk about it all the time with halves and whatnot. But I think with hookers, it's really important too. Just the maturity you get as you get older. Mm. We spoke about Cam Smith, about ha- having it all between his ears and whatnot. Wade Egan's, you know, 25, 26 now. He's getting older. I think he is sort of starting to come into his own a little bit. And I think it's great that the Warriors have just backed him. They've always had, you know, whether it be Lussix or other guys just floating around that side. I, I love that they're, they're just backing him in for big minutes. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And it would have been, he, you know, he was in a space where it would have been really easy to flirt with the idea of like, do we bring a young guy in or you, but like the fact that you go you know what let's just put him there and keep him there and get some minutes under his belt to develop into the player that we need croker again another good example what i really love about manly is they went you know what let's put croker there and just keep him there and we saw the dividends on the weekend croker was like mm. croker looked like a dummy half like a genuine like he'd been playing his whole life anyway back to the warriors um i think montoya he had one error but outside of that 204 metres, four tackle breaks. Like, he's a real... He's such an interesting case because he came at the Bulldogs when he first debuted in that first year. He's such a big, strong, aggressive player. A lot of people going, oh, this is the next big thing in outside backs, like that big, strong, and it's going to be Montoya. And then he kind of, you know, was a victim of the Bulldogs struggling for a bit and you're kind of like, oh, he's never going to be able to put it together. It just doesn't seem to be working for him. Goes to the Warriors. I think he struggled a little bit with injury. But the back end of last year and his trial form, he's outstanding for them. He is so crucial to their their go forward. If Montoya can just promise me one error a game and that's it, unreal. I'll cop it. I will cop it every day of the week. He's he's like, and I'm not saying he's the same player, but he's in that Manu Vatavai sort of mould. Yeah. He is just a really hard body to handle, but he's always got two or three errors in him. And that's that. You're you're totally right. If he gets, if he could just go look one a game for for everything else he delivers, you go all right, whatever. Whereas like if he was a smaller winger, say like myself, you go mate, you aren't allowed to make errors because you don't do what this bloke does. You're there to finish and make no errors. I agree with you, mate. Like, you know, you cop one error, one error. Okay, sweet. That if if that's the price we have to pay for hyper aggression every time we run the ball, I'll pay it. For sure. I thought the guy inside him was great too, Viliami. He's come back. Bounce back, yeah, because last he, week. Trial one, he was great. Yep. Trial two, he was pretty average. Yeah. I thought in this game he was sensational. He obviously set that try out for Chance, which turned out to be the match winner. Um, defended well. I think, he, I think he missed one tackle, made six or seven, but 150 metres at centre. Really good knock. Massive. And, and that's what's really impressive yeah. about right now is that we've got a guy, Andrew Webster, who is taking players like 
if Braden Miliami didn't even get a club next year, no one would they'd be like, yeah, okay, he's he's done and he just didn't push through. But he's taken guys like Jackson Ford, Liliami, Marcelo Montoya, Charles Nigel Klukster. These are guys that couldn't make other NRL sides. Now they're coming in, playing NRL and impacting games. And that's a sign of a good coach in a good system. I'm, I'm so impressed. Anyone impress you, uh, Timmy? Yeah, I mean, Marcello, I thought he was a genuine spud at the Dogs for a while there. And then he went over the Warriors and mate, he's like starting to run 200 metres a game for fun. Yeah. Like, credit to him. And I said, maybe he was... He was in an ordinary doggies outfit and, and they said, you know, often wingers and backline players in bad sides, they can just be made to look like it's their fault because mm. they're so stripped of numbers and they have to make these ridiculous decisions. Yeah. Um, he just he's right at home in the NRL, isn't yeah. he? Well, very rarely do you see a winger play well in a poor team. Like, I'm trying to think it of... It doesn't happen. It, it really just doesn't. I mean, maybe <laughs> not for Aluma for a year or two mm. at the Tigers, but it's very rare that you find a winger, unless his game is just built around hit-ups, that's going to shine in a team that struggles. And you sit there going, you know, poor defensive right here, poor defensive right there. It's like, well, no, he had no one on his inside, yeah. and they had the three-on-one, and they were shot ducks. Yeah, so, it's always the last man that yeah, people blame. Yeah. And you're like, mate, he had three people outside it's him. It's not like, his fault. Like, what is he supposed to do? Yeah. And so possibly during his time, the dogs a victim of that. Um, so great to see him hit the ground running again this season. And... Uh, look, it doesn't even pain me to say it because I, I love the bloke so much, but Chance Nickel Clockstad, who it was just such a chance game. He He's not a superstar. He's not a lead in attack in terms of... He didn't have a try assist. He didn't have a line break assist. But he ran for over 200 metres. He supported for a try. He's like gives everything for them. Um, so it was so good to see him come back and have a good performance for them. And obviously Metcalf will be back around, what, six to eight-ish, but uh, hopefully Chance can lock down a position and make it his own. Yeah, Absolutely. I will say it's, it is, it's not alarming yet, but if Jackson Ford continues to play like this, if he continues week in, week out doing this, and he's played every, every game I've seen him play in a Warriors jersey, he's been one of their best. Mm. It's really, really alarming if he continues this for the Dragons. Like how, how, why is a guy like that not playing like that at the Dragons, but he can go to the Warriors who are notorious for import struggling and there's been some that have gone on kill it for Jackson Ford to come out and be amazing like 150 meter on the edge so he made 150 meters three tackle breaks 25 tackles like that would be up there with some of the most meters run by edge forwards like it wouldn't be the most but it, that's that's good numbers for edge forwards and he's he's a rookie I hate to say it but I said it last week you say oh he's looked good every time I've seen him play for the Warriors he looked good every time he plays for the Dragons Wow. He looks good every time he plays reserve grade for the Dragons. Mm. I, I don't know how they consistently underutilise everyone. Because they've brought Murdoch Masilla exactly and put right. him on an edge and Jackson Ford's gone over there and you're going, what? It, I just, I, I hate to put the boot into the Dragons, but I'm sorry, like, it's, it's there in front of us. Jackson. And Murdoch Masilla, he was like, uh, actually decent in the trials, but with their edges in Sewer and Bird, like he might struggle for minutes. Yeah. And then Ford's gone over and done that in 80 minutes. And, and Ford is, a, is young. Hmm. Murdoch is, a, is an ageing forward. I, I, don't, I, I like the signing of Murdoch because it would be on under. So I'm, please don't – I'm not having to dig at Murdoch specifically. I'm having to dig at the Dragons. Well, not having a dig, but I'm commenting on the Dragons like they're in a – like why would you get – like Murdoch Masilla was playing in trials on the edge. So clearly they're lacking for depth on the edge right now. There's no young guy coming through that they could have put mm. in the trials. So how are you getting rid of Jackson Ford when you've got so little depth on the edge that you're trialling 
big fella like Murdoch, who is a front rower, on it just local junior as well. The drag it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I, just to be really clear, I'm not having a crack at Murdoch Masilla at all. I I think he's a good signing for them because he at least he offers a bit of difference in that forward pack, a bit of flair. He can offload. He got a bit of footwork. I'm just more talking about roster management. Like how are you getting rid of Jackson Ford? I was just trying to find you some stats on Jackson Ford from Cup last year, but because he's changed clubs, it's mm. not there. Um, but I've clicked on three random games and he scored in all three of them. Like, there's got to be something going on there. Uh, How they don't re-sign him? And it, it, what, he wouldn't have been offered that much at the Warriors. That's what I'm not understanding. I said it last week, but you think about like him and Tyron Wishart came through the same age at the Dragons, both from Jeringal, mm. both local juniors, both mm. playing elsewhere, both doing really well. It's just it's surprising. I just want to know what I would love to because the thing is, every time you see a decision that doesn't make sense to you. I promise you, clubs have reasons for it. Like, there's always a reason. They never make these... They're super smart people that have all this data, all this information that we aren't privy to. So there would be absolutely a reason why the, the Dragons... The more wilder it seems, the more of a reason there is behind 100%. it. 100%. Absolutely. So I'm sure Dragons have a reason, but it's just... It's just when you see a guy go to the Warriors and play this well... Mm. And look, the jury's out. If he, if he struggles... Put it this way, if he goes out and he has a really inconsistent year, you go, oh, well, that's the reason. The Dragons could see that he struggled with consistency and so they decided to you know, not re-sign him. Um, but right now, it's looking like, damn, the Dragons could have really used a guy like that. And, it's all, and like, respectfully to the Warriors, it's not like he's gone to the Roosters or Melbourne that they always get the best out of everyone. Yeah. The Warriors have a very hit-and-miss record, yeah. but so far, he's looked unbelievable there. Yeah, it's, it's really surprising. Anyway, we'll focus back on the Warriors. It's just the Dragons situation just... There's a lot of decisions that hap- are happening there that I'm just not really grasping as to yeah. what's happening. Um, just the cop of pounding everyone they have a buy. Yeah, poor boy. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the thing is like I'm sorry, Dragons fans. We have to talk about that. He's a Dragons junior, like, and he's playing really well at another club. Like we have, it, it, I would do the same, did the exact same with Reese Walsh when the Broncos let go of Reese Walsh. I sat on here and was like, I cannot believe that they did that. I cannot yep. believe they didn't just start him. So it's not just going to be drones. It's, we have to say it like it is. Um, who else? Uh, Mitchell Barnett. I thought he added a lot of grunt through the middle. Um, a lot of line speed at times as well. Uh, anyone else stood out for you, boys? Uh, I think that just about covers it for All good, them. mate. Yeah. Adam Fanua Blake getting through a bunch of work as usual. 26 tackles, no misses, 135 metres, 40 post contact, three tackle breaks. I thought, um, and yeah. No shock to us at all, but just I really like the signing of um, Dylan Walker. That 14 jersey is more important now than what it ever has oh, been before. It's honestly like... It's a starting position now. Like it, it's, it's not, yeah. but it might as well be. It's Agreed. A, it's, impo- it's more important than a few starting positions, in my opinion. It's it's genuinely the new... the new. It's like you're starting 14. And whenever you say, oh, what's your starting 13? And it used to be like, <laughs> whoever's a starting 13, that's your best roster. Now I honestly think it's it's just starting 14. Yep. It really is. That's how important it is with this new fast-paced game. Uh, anything else on the Warriors, boys? All good, mate. All, All good. On to the Knights. Now, let's get to the big headline uh, from the game. So, basically, Caelan Ponga was challenging for a ball. And someone's, like, hips and knees hit his head. Then he, he fell to the ground with his hands beside his side, then he brought his hands up, holding his head whilst lying face down on the ground. About two to three seconds, you reckon? About yep. two to three seconds. Then he got up, looked okay, ran around. Uh, then was asked basically by the ref that he had to leave the field because the independent doctor for, you know, um, what's the word? 
H-I-A. H-I-A, yeah, H-I-A. Uh, and basically the Knights and Caden were quite perplexed as to why he had to go off. And now it's in, it's basically created a – there is discussion around whether we should have an independent doctor because obviously Ricky Stewart also came out and had some words to say about the independent doctor. I'm, I understand where the Knights are coming from where in that scenario you would want a trainer to run out and trust the trainer and be like, look, Kalen clearly looks fine. Like, yes, he did get hit in the head, but clearly he's got fine. So I understand where they're coming from with that. But I'm also a bit surprised. Like, I watched it and I was like, well, yeah, that's that's the standard that's been set the last year or so. The independent doctor, he got hit in the head. He stayed down holding his head. And then, he, yes, he did get up quickly. Yes, nothing was wrong with him. But I, I wasn't that shocked that he got... Um, HIA, I, I wasn't that surprised at all. Yeah, I um, we, we obviously had the live show during this game, so I missed it live. But when I was driving home the next day, listening to the radio, some of the boys on the radio were talking about it, and I hadn't seen it myself yet. And they were perplexed at why mm. he had to go off for a HIA. And then I saw it, and I was like, what are you talking about? He got whacked in the head. He was rolling on the floor, holding his head. Mm. As if they're not going to take him off in that instance. Yeah, I, I think there was a bit of a narrative built that he only got taken off because it was Caitlin Ponga. I think that's bullshit. I think anyone would have got taken off in that situation. I, I agree because we, we were doing the live show. Yeah. So I didn't see it either. And I saw the headlines. It's like, oh, man, Kalen's got touched in the head and he's yeah. been taken off. But I went and watched it. I was like, look, there's there's a world where I wish that they just went, look, get the trainer on. Yep, all good. Keep going. He looks fine. He's not, you know. But I feel like the standard has kind of been set. Now, if, you, if your argument wants to be, where's the consistency? All throughout the week, other people got hit in the head and they didn't get taken off. I 100% agree with you. There is no consistency. Like, Kalen Pong gets hit, stays down for a second or two, gets up, and he's fine, but he gets taken off. And then I think it was, Matty was Cody Walker, got hit. He doesn't get taken off. A bunch of other guys got hit, didn't get taken off. So if you want to have that argument, I agree with you. It's so inconsistent, and that's a concern. But I'm not as convinced that it's surprising that he got taken off. Timmy, what do you think? I'm with you boys on it. Yeah, I thought there was far too much hysteria around it. Like, had KP have stayed on, obviously I have no issues with it. Like, mm. he looked good to go and, and no worries. But I've seen a million softer knocks that blokes have been HA'd for and there's been no hysteria around. Mm. So is it just because everything that happens to Caelan Ponga makes headlines and because he's such a big name in the game? Mm. And I, sp- I suppose... Because it's... I assume it have to be taken as an isolated incident, but... As, in, as much as it is an independent doctor, is there this subconscious of like it's Caelan Ponga who has these noted um, head knocks uh, that probably shouldn't be taken into consideration. But I th- was not surprised that he went off at all. Yeah, I, I, look, I understand where the Knights are coming from because mm. like you've got your star player who's clearly fine. Yeah, they, he's playing rugby league. Like, why is he getting taken off in a crucial part of the match? So I understand their perspective. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because yeah. you're like, he's fine. Look at him. He's sweet. Yeah. He got up straight away. Yeah, he held his head, but that doesn't necessarily mean he had a concussion. Mm. So I understand where they're coming from, but I also don't understand, you know, the thought process that like, there's no way he should have been taken off. Like with the standard that's been set over the last few years, like that's at times a, a, a HIA. I guess we'll get into it now because there was also comments from Ricky Stewart. So basically, have you got the quote here, Maddie, or no? Ricky Stewart. Um, could you please get the quote and read it out to us? But the gist of it was Ricky Stewart also had an issue with one of his players being taken off. Um, essentially called out the RLPA to R- RLPA and NRL initially, and then he said the RLPA again, and he had an issue with the independent doctor. And basically, basically he said the RLPA and NRL don't trust us as coaches. 
Do you ever think that I would send someone out? Can you read the quote, please, Matty? The RLPA, the NRL, they don't trust the coaches. Do you think I'd let a player play if he had a concussion or is concussed? Uh, blah, blah, blah about the players. But the RLPA, they don't trust coaches. All they want to do is come and talk to me about how much more time off the players are going to get. Oh, sorry, just went off. One moment. How much the players are going to get and how much more money. I didn't hear anybody from the RLPA come out and try and go to the NRL in regards to playing up here at 4.30 in the afternoon. We're very lucky it wasn't the humidity... It was yesterday because I think it would have been dangerous for the players' welfare. So I respectfully disagree with that whole line of reasoning in regards to, like, if they really cared, why are we playing at 4.30? Like, the RLPA doesn't put the schedule together. Like, it's the NRL that does. Um, and also, like, the RLPA do care about the players because that's what they're fighting for right now is to get funds for people that get injured post-career. They're actually not fighting for more money. In regards to his comments on the independent doctor, I think that he has a point when you look at it from a perspective of, like I disagree, when he says, oh, the RRPA don't trust the coaches, the implication that that like, oh, well the RRPA is sitting there thinking the coaches are gonna put the players back on, therefore we need the independent doctor. Whereas I don't really think that is the thought process. The reason why the independent doctor exists is not because people aren't trusted. It's because you wanna remove conflicts of interest. When a decision is being made, subconsciously or consciously, and you've got the pressure of a game win or uh, your job's on the line or someone above you is, is putting pressure on you to, to make sure that you win the game, you aren't going to be thinking as clearly as someone that doesn't have an interest in the result of the game. So from that perspective, I res- like respectfully disagree with, with Ricky Stewart. But, and I also disagree with, like, I think if we're being really alike. Look, from Ricky's perspective, when he's talking specifically about himself... Yeah, he probably would never put someone back on. He, he feels he would never put someone back on with a HIA. But, like, I think we can all be, if we're being fair dinkum here, we have seen the, the HIA system be gamed. Uh, am I agreeing? Oh, I disagree? think it would be stupid of the NRL to trust coaches to do it. I really like, do we've like seen this. it be gamed. Have, have, have you seen it be gamed? Yeah. We've all seen it be oh. gamed. Um, so, I, I, although for Ricky Stewart personally, he, he probably wouldn't put someone back on. We have seen it be ha- happen before. I'm not talking about the Raiders, but we've seen other teams. I think we before. saw it on the weekend as well. You saw guys come off from holding shoulders and getting HIA checks. Yeah, like, so you see it quite often. That's where I'm like, I disagree. But in regards to the independent doctor, because of the Ponga situation, then Ricky Stewart had his, his comments in regards to it. I do think he has a point where the independent doctor basically is working off a different standard than a rugby league team. We said this last year when this all came in, when they're going to bring the independent doctor, I said the problem with the independent doctor is, is he's working from a, a different field. Like he's working from a standard that is way different to rugby league standard. Now, Graham Annesley has tried to come out and say that there's no gray area. He doesn't, a, an independent doctor doesn't need to know the flow of the game, doesn't need to know about the impact. It's a, essentially, it's black and white. The doctor can make the call. I disagree. I think that there is gray areas because... If the independent doctor had his way and was working from the normal person standard that we're hoping that he does, he would tell every player on the field to get off the field and not play because you're, the impact constantly, there is constantly impact with head. Like your head is constantly being impact rugby league. Even when you don't impact, like even when you don't have a head clash, just a tackle, the impact is jolting your brain. And so I do agree with this, the sentiment that 
we need to have an independent doctor that does have a feel for the game because in situations like the Kalen Ponga one, if you had a feel for the game and you saw it happen, you'd be like, oh, he's clearly sweet. Like, we just move on for it. So although I disagree with some of the sentiment in the other parts of it, I do agree that the independent doctor, we predicted this would happen. There'd be blokes getting touched and just taken off the field. And it just affects the game too much. There has to be, and I understand the NRL needs to protect itself. I get all that from being sued in the future. And I understand that as a business. I get all that. But there has to be some onus of like, they're going to get hit in the head. It's rugby league. Yeah. And I agree with everything you just said. Have you got a form of resolution for it? Because well, I, I personally don't. Someone they throwing it to you to see. Yeah. Well, I look. The problem is, is if you make them sign wages, I think, and law experts let us know. Obviously, the beak is no law expert. <laughs> I think that you you run a dangerous risk of if you make them sign something saying that they are going to get brain damage or whatever it is before each season, you're basically admitting mm. that they get it. Yeah. And so it opens you up to. What are you talking about? You you didn't give me brain damage. You're literally admitting each se- at the start of each season that rugby league gives us brain damage. Again, that's a full armchair armchair analyst, guys. I'm not a lawyer, as you all know. So I think that may be the concern. So that would be my resolution, though. In a perfect world, at the start of each season, anyone that's 18 years or older. So I, I also think that we would have to move the debut age. Is it 18 and older anyway now? Yes, 18 and older, and you have to sign something at the start of each year saying you understand the risks and the long-term damages of playing rugby league. Now, all the players know this. All the players know this. But if you did that, then you could say, guys, like these guys are all adults that have voluntarily made a decision to do this. They know the dangers. We've put it all in front of them. So in the future, you're not allowed to come back and say, oh, I got this injury or that injury um, like in 20 years or whatever because – you signed it as an, a consenting adult. That, that's the only thing I can think of. Outside of that, I agree with you, mate. Yeah. I don't know. Which uh, I think that solves some problems, but with everything, you know, you'd have other – like we, we were speaking to the live show the other night about, you know, juniors playing games and, you know, parents worried about stuff. Like imagine the backlash, like the media would have a field day with that mm. and then you would see so many more junior kids not playing rugby sure. league. It's, and, yeah, I'm not yeah, – obviously there's no perfect solution, mm. I don't think, but it's – it's a tricky one to work out. Like everyone's got an opinion on it, but finding the perfect solution is fucking tough. Oh, I don't envy the NRL at all. Yeah, they 100%. are between yeah. a rock and a hard yeah. place. They're just doing their best. Yeah, I, look, I don't know enough about it all and to comment properly on it. Especially, is it? There are so many grey areas. Didn't stop it. me. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like the independent doctor is there. They review the footage. They make their decision. Like when the player comes off the field and they're told to come <coughs> off. Can the independent doctor give them a physical examination and if they say, like, you're completely sweet, within two minutes you can go back on rather than waiting that mandatory 15? Like, is that a solution or would that help? Well, or, like, I'm not sure. Well, there were in the commentary box or I think half-time analysts, I think it was Mal Meninga maybe or Cooper Cronk, where they said they felt that the independent doctor, there should be one at each ground that can do exactly what you yeah. said rather so, than just looking on a t- like a screen. And I agree. I think that... do the physical. I think that the NRL, the best way to do it is just invest money, have a doctor at the ground, have a full system set up that's like smooth as quick as anything so that a guy like Kalen goes off for a minute or two, does the check, you can clearly see he's fine, boom, straight back out there. And that's it. Like, mate, I think one of the hardest things to stomach is when you know they're good but they have to wait the, what, the mandatory 15 minutes. Oh. Now, again, because I don't know enough about it, the concussion – 
like it might be a symptom thing where they have to be symptom free for 15 minutes or something. Mm. But I don't know if there's any way of speeding up that process. And then as I said, there's an independent doctor at the field giving the physical, maybe that can help the course a little bit. I think the only argument against the quick putting them back on quickly mm. is you can have delayed symptoms. Yeah, yeah. And so they're worried that like come off, yeah, yeah, sweet, sweet, and then like in 10 minutes you're like all it must be yeah, mid, yeah, obviously a minimum 15 before they know you're cleared. There won't be yeah. delayed. I, I don't know. Uh, but so. I get Ricky's frustration for sure. You're trying to win footy matches and you've got a bloke that's getting tapped and he's getting taken off. Um, Ricky's just taking attention off the players. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I, in regards to the, all the other stuff, I'd probably respectfully disagree. I don't, I don't think um, – yeah, I don't think – I'm not shocked that Kalen was taken off and I'm also – I do think the RLPA does have the players' best interests at heart. Um, now, don't get me wrong, the RLPA aren't perfect. They are absolutely not perfect at all. They're human beings. But I do think they do care about the players and, and they do want their, their well-being taken care of. That's currently what they're fighting for. Um, but let's get back to the Knights. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Knights, Guru? Um, I just still worry about the middle, mate. It's just uh, some of those tries that they conceded. The one, the one that Wade Egan scored from dummy half. It's one of the softer tries mm. we will see this year. There was there was another one where I think it was SJ turned Maratanek or A under and he ended up getting held up. But just their middle defence, you had Lachlan Fitzgibbon who chased SJ for so long for no reason. You had the inside defenders were slow on it. I just, there's such a frustrating side because they've got it on paper. You look at their team and you go, you should be relevant, you should be successful. But it just feels like they're constantly underachieving Newcastle. Um, and that was a game that I... I I tipped them. I genuinely thought they were going to win that game. Their middles just don't seem to show up. Um, Adam Elliott started off the bench. It's his first game. Obviously, he's coming back from injury. Um, he obviously looked um, a little bit slow as well. I'm, I'm hoping that with more match fitness and more, more game under his belt, he will improve because I think they're going to desperately need him too. Oh, massively, massively. Timmy, what do you think about the Knights? Yeah, similar enough to Guru in that, like the question mark last week, wasn't it, coming into the round and going to the trials? We just wanted to see a hard edge. We wanted to see attitude. Like, it sounds so basic and so stupid, but running the ball hard, wacky indeed, just attitude. And once again, it, around all those, the, a few of the tries scored, the Egan try, the Bunty try, just the soft underbelly was exposed again. I think the Knights had four more runs in the entire game, yet ran for 250 metres less. Mm. Um, now, I know that can be like a skewed stat, <coughs> you know, how many runs of the back line taken, the long kicks, that sort of stuff. But they just look so soft to me again. Mm. And I was just like, well, have they changed from last year on that game? Not really. It's just the intensity. I just I don't feel intensity from them. Like I'm not watching them going, holy shit. Like, and again, I'd understand if it wasn't every week. Like you don't expect them to be like that every week. But I'm trying to think of a game over the last 12 months where I sat back and thought the Newcastle Knights forward packs are just they're crazy. They're madmen. I just don't see that intensity. And round one can be yeah. like. You don't have to be fluent in attack, ball in hand, all that sort of thing, and look terrific in round one. But surely your attitude is like, shit, yes, we're busting to get out here. Yeah. Line speed, that's whack blokes like certain teams, mm. like the Dolphins did. Yeah. It's round one, boys. Get up for it. And in my opinion, the middle got embarrassed in trial one. Got embarrassed in trial two. I was thinking, this game, surely they stand up here. Mm. Surely they stand up. They didn't. See who they play next week? David Clemmer and the West Tigers. 
<laughs> so Tommy he'll be Clemens forward. not going to be ready to rip and tear for yeah. that one. That's a huge clash. I'm actually really excited about that clash. Yeah. When you get out to that one, Kempi, Leichhardt Oval. Oh, uh, yeah? Watching that game yesterday, I was like, oh, get me. that! It looks so good on the hill, didn't Mate, it? you'll be a rock star out there. Oh, I'm sure we'll, it's mate. Best. Yeah. Fucking sports... Um, Oh my god, super coach, super coach, bloody hero, mate. Yeah, if Guru comes with me, maybe. Yeah, get mods. That's if you, you dodge mods. that stand documentary, you're going to get a feature yeah. on too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the Newey Knights again. It's just, it's just that intensity. I just. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I don't know... I just want to see, give me one game of just super intensity. Even if you lose it, even if you drop, you complete at 60%. I just want to see super intensity where you're just shooting out a line trying to hurt blokes. Maybe maybe it's because Adam O'Brien wants to play a much more technical game. I will say that there was a, you know, there were many years where the Storm actually almost waited for you to come to them and then just, just got caught you, wrestled you. Their line speed wasn't that crazy. There was many years where Storm were... You know, they weren't known as a very aggressive side at all. So maybe that's Adam O'Brien's tact of, like, save your energy and not with the line speed maybe. I'm not sure. But I think in today's game, like, in the current climate, when you look at the, the best, when Roosters went on the run last year, Penrith Panthers, Rabbitohs, like, their line speed is great. Where you're going, they, they're literally nearly landing on the player as he gets the ball. I'm just not really seeing that from the Newey Knights. Uh, positive is, is, is the time Caelan was on, 11 tackles, only one miss, uh, a try assist. So... You know, for the time we saw, not bad. Yeah, there was a tackle that Chance made on Kalen that was an absolute oh. cracker. I thought Kalen was going to score for all money, and I think if he did, Newcastle would have won that game. Mm. It was a huge tackle by Chance. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just repeat myself week after week, but they've got the cattle to be able to be successful. They just need to aim up in the middle. Uh, shout out to Jalen Braley, 49 tackles, no misses. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the positives are is I thought Kalen did have some good moments. Uh, defensively, he didn't look like he got caught out that much at all. Didn't miss a bunch of tackles. Um, what about when he shot out from marker at Adam Fenor Blake? Oh, poor bastard. Ouch. <laughs> I respect KP for the, for the way that he plays, but pick someone else to go. Yeah, surely. Bro, too tough, you're good. Um, Lockie Miller, 181 metres, 11 tackle breaks. You know, we, the tip we gave at the start of the year was that uh, – He'd probably be up there in tackle breaks and, and meet his run for fullback. And, you know, he did that 11 tackle breaks. Nothing. To, it was probably the most – actually, that's, I think that's the most of the round. Uh, I haven't seen anyone else with 11 tackle breaks. Uh, defensively, made a couple of missed tackles, which, you know, obviously need to fix up. Anything else on the Knights, boys? There's not really much else to say, unfortunately. Good, mate. Um, Jeez, it's a desperate game next week. Knights, Tigers. Oh, Very teams, early, uh, isn't it? I, I love games in round two of two teams that lost in round one. They're always crackers. Mate, absolutely. Um, okay, now on to the next game. But before we get there, let's get some shout-outs. Bartlett's Tavern, Rockhampton. Dave was one of the original supporters of Bloke Lager in Queensland and it's still going strong up there in Rocky. He actually definitely is one of the original supporters and it was huge for us, so much so that when he ordered stock, it sold out in literally like a second and he had to order it like – 
so much keep ordering stock over and over because of the support at Bartlett's Tavern so Bartlett's Tavern Rockhampton get in there for some lager Fleet Street Cellars Daisy Hill say hi to Charlene Middleton Pub say hi to Jason Dicey's Liquor Barn Gladstone Jane will help you out Normanby Hotel oh this one is dear to the heart this one's dear to the heart many a night at the Normanby Hotel after a game's carrying on like an absolute Derek uh, Normanby Hotel Brisbane one of Brisbane's iconic venues has just changed hand is now with Ingham Myers brothers Sam and Nick they've done an unbelievable job of reinvigorating the Rocklear Hotel and will see the Normanby back to its former glory grab a bloke lager and catch all the NRL games on the big screen in the beer garden and Normby is truly a glorious place to so get down there, honestly. I think my soul's still in there, at least a part of it. Uh, Big Fish Tavern in Caboolture, Gumdale Tavern, Celebrations Camp Hill, Crafty Fox Ale House, Stones Corner, and Henchman in Miami. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.